0: All right, welcome back, everybody. It is 1236 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott, with you. Uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl have had a, a brief avail just getting started right now. We're going to tell you that guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltoff that Oilers now sent you. Uh, Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. And we start our... Uh, this is always a tough day. Uh, we start our postseason uh, interviews after uh, the disappointing conclusion to the Oilers playoff run with uh, veteran forward uh, Derek Ryan. Derek, how you doing?
2: Hey, Bob. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Doesn't get any easier, uh, I would assume, 36 hours later, does it?
2: No, I think it's worse, to be honest. I think after the game, just kind of numb to it. Um, I mean, I think we all believed in that dressing room that we were going to force game seven at least, and um, after the game, you know, um, like I said, you're just kind of numb to it. You don't feel like, I didn't feel many emotions, and then today I feel, definitely feel that pit in my stomach more often, Um, and um, yeah, we just had our team meeting, and Kenny had a pretty, uh, a great message, strong message, and stirred up a lot of emotions, and yeah, it's um, it's hard because you you know that we're we're a great team and have the potential for more.
0: All right, uh, Ken, when he took the job, said one of the things that he wanted to do was put the posi- the Oilers in a position where they get a lot of kicks at this, and that's the sign of of having a good organization. So since he's taken over, the team's gone twelfth, eleventh, eleventh, uh, and now sixth this season. You watch this because you were in Calgary for two of those years, and then the last two years here in Edmonton. Um, do you see the team progressing and getting better? The, I mean, 50 wins this year would suggest that second-best record in, in the league. In the, well, actually, you had the best record in the final 40 games of the regular season uh, in the National Hockey League. Is there a belief within your room that you guys could see the progression and maturation of your team?
2: I think that's obvious. I don't think it takes a hockey genius to realize that this team um, is a better team than we had last year. And we went on a farther run last year, uh, lost to Colorado. Maybe we're a little bit not as disappointed because we felt like we had a good run. We lost to a good team that's put in their time and they eventually won the cup. But um, we lost to a good team this year too. Don't get me wrong, Vegas is a great team. But Um, anyways, to get back to your point, I think that um, it's pretty obvious that we're a better team. We're making strides. And it's not just about um, making strides. It's about, you know, continuing to learn what it takes to win. And I think that Vegas team is a pretty experienced team that knows how to win. They played the right way, and I think they made less mistakes than us. And so we can learn from that. And and, um, next year, you know, when you get in that position again, you have to fight. Um, to get to that position, to make the playoffs every year, and to put yourself in that place again, but when you get there, you realize um, you know how small the margin of error is.
0: Derek, how do you equate what was personal success for your line 5-on-5 five five, uh, with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle? Just so the listeners are aware, I mean, I read the stats yesterday, but basically a 75% shot share when you guys were on the ice, 77% expected goals 5-on-5. Five five. It turned out 3-for-3. Three three. You were 3 goals for, 3 goals against when you were with them. Ironically, when you were with Costin uh, because of the one game in LA, you had way better numbers than that. But just uh, I mean, you personally played your line played pretty well five on five, but the team lost the series five on five. Were there certain things that you guys were doing on the ice? Was it a little bit of puck luck? How would you sort of? Uh, and I mean, you're you're an older guy. Like you're 36 now. You've played in lots of different leagues to get this opportunity. What did you see out there that sort of? Um, altered the course and direction of the series away from Edmonton's uh, strengths and ultimately undid Edmonton?
2: Um, I mean, it's almost too soon to really analyze that deeply. Um... You know, a lot of things happen in the series. I think that uh, there are some major momentum swings. We saw that in the L.A. series as well. I don't think we did a great job of managing those momentum swings. Um, It's the name of the game in the playoffs, but I think that we gave up too much um, in terms of goals in those momentum swings. Um, I don't know. I think we scored enough goals. I think offensively we're fine, but we, we have to find a way to keep the puck out of our net um more to win the game to win to win this time of year uh win the cup um that's goaltending that's defending that's forwards that's blocking shots that's just uh, it's just doing all the things that you have to do this time of year to be successful and i think we have all the talent in that room um but we have to find a way to to keep the puck out of our net a little more
0: uh you've reinvented yourself multiple times why did it work? You ended up with 13 goals this season. You're going to get another contract somewhere in the league. We'll get to that in a second here. But why did it? You know, what did you do that's allowed you to play 500 games in the NHL after the age of 29?
2: Yeah, I think um, he hit the nail on the head there by saying I've reinvented myself a lot. I think I've just found different ways. To, to be effective. Um, you know, when I first came into the league with Carolina, I was playing with some really good players and Jeff Skinner, Lee Stepniak, um, getting a lot of offensive opportunities, second power, power play unit. Um, so I was able to produce offensively in that regard. And then once I went to Calgary and for sure, once I've come here to Edmonton, you know, I'm much more of a, a bottom six defensive role. A lot of D zone, uh, starts, neutral zone starts, certainly not a lot of o zone starts because Connor and Leon get a lot of those for obvious reasons. Yeah, And, um, I've had to find a way to be effective in that role and, um, you know, that's, that starts on the defensive side of the puck, but it also goes to, you know, creating offensively in that limited time. You have to find ways to to bear down when you get an opportunity to score. I think I did that this year. Um, you know, obviously I, I've had offensive talent my whole career and finishing ability, but um, I think I just was able to bear down a little more. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's just being able to find ways to – to create and be effective in uh, in different situations and i've done that throughout my career it's it's
0: changed this has not just been a personal journey for you but it's also been a journey for your family uh i mean i know wherever like i go to safeway every day uh in riverbend and every day different people come up to me and they want to talk about the edmonton letters. what's it been like uh, you moved here from calgary your kids are in school here How's how's that part? I I know that uh, I believe you might be the only practicing Latter Day Saint in the entire National Hockey League. I know you go to church on Sunday. Like how how's the sort of the community end of things uh, be? And and it might seem a little. I'm not, and I'm serious about this because it is part of of handling. You know, some of the unique challenges, particularly to a hockey mad market
2: yeah i mean i think you're 100 percent right there in that edmonton is a hockey mad market there's there's a lot of avid fans um i'd say ever since our playoff run last year um you know i basically can't go anywhere without getting recognized people come up and talk to you luckily we've um i think we've had a good a lot a good amount of success since i've been here we haven't won a cup but i mean only one team a year gets to win a cup so it's pretty stinking hard um But my point is that we've had a lot of success, so a lot of the feedback and people, interactions that I've had with people and fans has been positive, which is nice. Um, My kids go to that new Joey Moss school uh, in the southwest and there's lots of Oiler fans in and around that area I go for walks or go to the grocery stores or just go to pick my kids up from school and there's a lot of interactions and and everyone's great Um, everyone cares and Obviously now at this point everyone is disappointed as much as we are that that we're knocked out um, and people voice that but it just means that they care and um i think it's obvious that that i care and the players care as well so it's it's fun to be involved in a city that um you know where hockey matters
0: two years ago you had a choice in free agency did you make the right call
2: yeah a hundred percent i've had that conversation with my agent with my dad with my wife <laughs> with my kids with everybody yeah close to me in my life how you know that was a hard decision i I mean, I had basically, I had the same contract offer to stay in Calgary, but I chose to come here and, um, that's never an easy choice, but, um, I couldn't be happier with my choice to be here. And I'd. I'd love to finish my career here.
0: All right. Well, uh, I look forward then uh, when you get your contract extension done uh, at some point here. Uh, and it might be late June. It might be, who knows, it might be early July. Maybe we'll be having another conversation. Thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now, Derek. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. All right. That is Derek Ryan from the Edmonton Oilers. Again, we will uh, have uh, Nick Bukestad and Evan Bouchard coming up here momentarily. We'll, we're definitely going to run some Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. It is 1246 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. All right. Reed Wilkins just passed Uh, along some notes here. Leon Dreisaitl uh, has uh, stated uh, downstairs doing the the main availability of the media at uh, 1248 in Edmonton. We want to win here. There's nowhere else that we want to win. Uh, it said that the Oilers... uh, kind of beat themselves a little bit too often in the series against uh, Vegas. Uh, Connor, uh, meanwhile, has indicated that uh, takes a lot of pride in the culture that's been built here in, in Edmonton. Again, Brendan Escott is grabbing some of those clips uh, as we continue down the path. Uh, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. We will tell you that we will have, at some point here in the next 35 minutes, Nick Bugstead as well as Evan uh, Bouchard from the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Derek Ryan, just joining us right now, and he had a a very good year. Dean says, I'm fine with our team on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Our, our team in our bottom six will be in the same situation next year. The question will be, do we get great goaltending or mediocre? Two playoff runs and both with average goaltending. Tough spot to be in finger-crossing mode on hoping that one will step up to be great. Well, again, last year uh, it was Mike Smith who had a very good, uh, very good year a yeah, very good regular season. Mike Smith. He went 9.23 and 9.15 in back-to-back years. But unfortunately for Mike Smith, he struggled in the series against the Colorado Avalanche because what happens is, I mean, they they lost. And I guess I got to ask you, Brendan. I'm going to bring you in for a moment here. Does it change? Uh, Does it change if if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup? I mean, it hurts. Here's the thing. When Edmonton lost to Colorado, I think, uh, Brendan, everybody can agree, well, they just lost to a better team last year, right? Colorado was just better. Yeah. I don't think people think Vegas was markedly better. I think a lot of people thought the Oilers were going to win the series. Does it change if Vegas wins the Cup?
2: Yeah, in my opinion, it does, perception-wise. And I think that the Oilers themselves would feel better about things if they lost back-to-back years to the eventual Stanley Cup champion because it tells you that you're right there. It tells you that you're basically on the hill, that you're trying to get up and over. So, uh, to me, this is the year 1983, I guess it was, right before Edmonton started really going on its run because the players themselves are saying it, Bob, you kind of have to learn how much this stings in order to learn how bad you want it.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Leon Dry is also, uh, again, the line from Settle. we want to win here. There's no, nowhere else we want to win. Uh, Connor McDavid stating, it's progress. Maybe doesn't feel like it today, but it is. We're a better team than we were last year, and we have everybody coming back. It's just more experiences, uh, really. So there's, yeah, and again, we're going to get to some of the clips here. McDavid also, Tony Barr tweeting out, it's copper bust for this group. That's the expectation. That's where at, at right now, I mean, I I certainly did not dismiss the Vegas the Vegas Golden Knights at any point. I know who works in that organization. Um, if you listen to this show, we were talking about guys like Kelly McCrimmon and Chris McFarland years before they became the general managers of there to the point that some of you got sick hearing about it. But when you work in it every day, and it is a privilege to work in it every day when you're hustling around and you're at you know you're hosting a show 49 to 50 weeks a year out of 52 there's conversations that take place every day with some of the most plugged in people in the business and you know who's on the rise and then when you're lucky enough and emphasis lucky enough to travel around and be with an NHL team um you know that's that's kind of how it goes. Like you 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 see certain like I knew fifteen years ago that Pierre Dorian at one point was going to be the general manager of the of the Ottawa Senators. Okay. Um, you know you could see it coming with Chris McFarland when he was working for Scott Housen. and I'll I'll take it one step further back to Scott Housen when he was with the Edmonton Oilers. And the funny thing is, it's my belief that if Scott had not gotten the job at the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2007, I believe by the summer of 2008, he would have been the GM of the Edmonton Oilers and not Steve Tambellini. Right? I mean, that's just... And, but it was through Scott Housen that I met Chris McFarland and could see the work ethic. And he was an, not a typical hockey guy. He was not a recently retired player that often these guys get fast-tracked with the opportunities. He had to grind every step away. Won a, uh, ended up winning a, AHL Calder Cup. With Jared Bednar, in the Columbus organization, they don't spend money. Like there's places where Hershey has an advantage, Wilkes-Barre has an advantage, Chicago has an advantage in the AHL. They're spending big money, on and building support and infrastructure around the organization's prospects that they have. And that was a major accomplishment for Columbus. Could do it, and then you know they go to Colorado together, and they have that terrible first year. And it was it was C-Mac who told me point blank, "Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to end up uh, in a uh, we're going to end up." In a scenario where we're going to yeah, build, build through skiing uh speed and youth nick bukestead is here he's going to join us for four minutes we're just going to get him to put the the headset on and i remember talking multiple times to brian Lawton during the year bob nick bukestead would be a great pickup well the, uh, nick's going to have a decision to make this summer but uh we're going to make we're going to go right up to brendan we'll go right up to one o'clock here and then throw to randy for the news yeah for sure all right so nick uh look it's fresh it sucks. It sucks for all you guys. Uh, for you, a different experience because you didn't get a play last year in the playoffs and you were part of something here. It's 36 hours removed. Where are you at right now with what happened?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it takes it takes a few days to sit in and once it does, uh, you know, it hurts. Uh, you know, we were talking about the pits in our stomach. It just, uh, you know, it felt like the right team. It felt like, uh, you know, we, we, we could really make a push, but, uh, you know, Vegas was a good team, and we had we had some errors that uh, we, you know, probably could have cleaned up, and, you know, for myself personally, there were a few defensive lapses that I look back on, and, uh, you know, definitely uh, sour about, so, yeah, it's, it's tough, and um, with that being said, very proud of this group, uh, grateful to have been able to join such a high-caliber group at uh, at the deadline so you know it, it's it hurts and it's going to hurt for a while and it'll motivate you through the summer for sure can,
0: can you take any uh, personal success out of the contrast between not getting a chance to play for many last year and the orders making a point of making you feel a part of things here right from then they they did that and it was communicated to the orders that they needed to do that with uh, with you and to make you feel a part of it but just you're in a different place as a player now than you were last summer. It's gotta, be, it's gotta be incredibly rewarding. I mean, you scored 17 goals between the regular season. You, you scored some big goals in the playoffs for the team. You played a critical role in the penalty kill, which was pretty good overall in the playoffs. Just your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I think uh, my career is, you know, it's had its ups and downs, and uh, you know, last year not playing in the playoffs, being a healthy scratch, that was kind of the first taste of that for me and that hurt you know you no. he, he, <laughs> he want to be playing at that time of year and um definitely motivated me and um you know I, it motivated me to make a decision wh- wh- where's going to be the best place for me at age 29 to be able to kind of find my game again and that was allowed in Arizona and um you know that, that was I knew what situation they were in and uh you know, it was kind of best of both worlds. If I if I did well there, I was going to get traded and they'd get a pick. So it ended up working out and I honest to God, Edmonton was one of the teams I was crossing my fingers for. So um, you know, it was everything and more than what I could have expected from the coaching staff and uh, the fans, the people, everything involved. It's uh, It was a fun two months and you know, I'm definitely just grateful to have been a part of it.
0: Right. You mentioned the fans. I mean, Minnesota's a state of hockey. You're from there. You're from Blaine. They're two for two, and guys that have played for Edmonton. (laughs) We had Matt Hendricks from Blaine and Nick Bugestad. You know, I I bust Jack Michaels all the time about Americans, but I found the guys from Spokane and Blaine are pretty good. So (laughs) there you go. We just had Derek Ryan up here. So, uh, no, but but seriously, was it a little... Like, what was it like sitting on that bench or being on the ice to start a game with the fans going crazy here for the playoffs? Like, is it, because it, the the buy-in and you know, it's amongst, it's got to be amongst the loudest buildings in the league. But just, what's that like for a guy to come in and play in that situation?
1: Yeah, I mean coming from what I was coming from, the mullet arena too, nothing against the mullet, but uh, you know, this, this this rink is uh something special. The fans know know what they're talking about, it seems like. Uh just as far as, you know, when a play's developing, you know, Connor's crossing over, it, you can feel the energy, um, throughout throughout the crowd and uh, I remember the first time we played in Vegas it was during the regular season and the amount of people waiting for us after to get on the bus I was just like, I couldn't believe it <laughs> um, and like you say I come from Minnesota and I'm used to hockey culture but, um, Edmontonians if that's what we call
0: that's what we <laughs> you, got, you got
1: it right. Yeah, yeah, nice uh, you know, they they seem to take it to another level of, of uh, love for the game so I definitely appreciate that.
0: Alright, you're about to go to your exit interview here in about a half an hour uh, so now the 1.2 Five or one point five or one point seven five or two mil, whatever it is. Uh, ben Hankinson's your agent. He's with Octagon. Brian Lawton started that agency. I'm going to assume Edmonton's going to be in the mix. Uh, I mean, you're going to you're going to get offers. You scored 17 goals. Does a guy take a little less to stay in a place where he has a chance to win at this stage in his career?
1: Yeah, I think um, for for me at the point uh, that I'm at, I'm looking to win, and I felt that that could happen in this this room. Um, so it's I, yeah, I can't sit here and get the go numbers. I don't right. even know what that what that entails at this point. It's so early, but uh, for me, I want to be on a contending team, and this is this is about as uh, contending as it gets. I think in the next three years I think there's like a very good chance of this team winning a Stanley Cup so if I if I'm lucky enough to be a part of it that uh that that would that would definitely be on my sights
0: Nick you gave us a lot of time this year and you reinforced the image of guys from Blaine Minnesota thanks a lot <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah, for thanks, joining i appreciate it